Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. In this week's interview, we have a session with Lizzie Post. Lizzie has been on the show before. She is the author of a book called Higher Etiquette, which is all about etiquette and consuming cannabis and all of that. But we have a great conversation here with Lizzie about loads of different things. Of course, about our favorite strains of cannabis, what strains we like to grow, what is the legal status in the countries we're in. But we also go as far as about speaking about AI. We go on a random tangent about tipping and how we will feel about tipping people for good service and bad service and things like that. Roll yourself a few joints, get super high and enjoy this interview with Lizzie Post. And I'll speak to you at the end of this. See you in a bit. Hey, hey. Hello, how are you, Lizzie? I'm very well. How are you both? Oh, good, good, good and high. Good and high. Well, good. About to be. <laughs> you smoking? You got something nice? I will. I've got my very own home. I figured for high on homegrown, I got to smoke my homegrown. So yes. I brought. Yeah, I know, right? I brought my sour diesel with me today, and I oh, really cool. love it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. Is that from your outdoor plant? That's from my outdoor plants. Yeah, I had, uh, yeah, they were great. I had um, big variety this year. Um, So didn't do like doubles of any plants, but just did did singles. And I had uh, the sour diesel. I had uh, cheetah piss runts. I had uh, golden grams. Um, OG, what was it? Is it, it was, I think it's just OG Kush lemon cherry gelato and oh yeah this one that's called ultimate indica damn i just find it funny yeah. you know lissy post you know the etiquette lady who's just said this <laughs> you know it's like did you just say piss you know? <laughs> what can i do mackie that's what they named the strain <laughs> you, you had actually... ice cream cake before didn't you i think uh when you were oh, on the show we previously about that. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. we had it was called ice um it was this uh brand called mend m-e-n-d here in vermont and mm-hmm. they it's like uh ice cream cake by sunset sherbet and it was incredible i was i was so excited by that it did take me down like a work hole though like i would smoke this weed and i got like entire online stores built for our company <laughs> like, before but the problem was was it was so enticing to and enjoyable to like smoke and work smoke and work smoke and work and mm. i was staying at this like great house out in the country while i was doing it so it was a whole feel i then crashed hard like 6 weeks later <laughs> i was i had like i couldn't do anything i wanted to get as far away from weed as i could i was just like oh my word hey, um, <laughs> what yeah. happened to me <laughs> uh, it happens though man you have them crashes but to, to be able to do that uh, just smoke and work when you find them weeds that's it's just beautiful when that happens and you can be so productive and so high at the same time 
Yeah, beautiful it's, combination. That's a nice mm -mm. feeling. It's a nice feeling because there are other times I will not lie where you get high and you try it. Like for me as a writer, I try to write something and then I'm like, oh no, this mm -hmm. is not for you to work on, girl. Like, yeah, yeah, put yeah. It away, you know. Like, yeah, the, the mind keeps going someplace you don't want. Get it. yourself back to normal. Yeah, yeah, man. Gosh, I know the feeling too well. Another thing, because we spoke <laughs> recently, uh, you know, because we were trying yeah. to put a book together like a year ago and, and trying oh, to maybe so get good. that project up and running again. So I spoke to you, got some advice from you and stuff. But yeah, still uh -huh. something I'm going to be working on in the future. It's just hard work, man. Yeah. You need Being a little an author sunset. is pain in the ass. Yeah. You need a little of that ice cream sunset sherbet to uh Sounds to like I do, go. man. Imagine if we get some of that and it had the same vibe and I could just smoke right? and do all that work that'd be so fucking that i've been done in two weeks two weeks and so two weeks, weeks. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks god damn yeah but I, I really need to get back on that and uh, it's just, i just it's just so hard to get started on a project that's so big you know i'm sure you know i, I yeah. do know I mm -hmm. let me tell I don't know Monkey and Mackie what you guys do when it comes to big projects but I procrastinate with other mm. work so mm -hmm. it's like oh no so we just signed a, a two, two well we haven't signed it yet but we've agreed to a two two book deal um on our business book and a wedding book so business etiquette nice. and wedding etiquette will be the next nice. two books that we've very published. cool but being me, I was like, let's get them done fast. We need these books updated. Like, we got to get this out. Forgetting that I am the one who does said writing in the books to get them out. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and I've got, I got to deliver a manuscript on the business book by May and the wedding book by January. And it's just, usually we take like a year to 18 months to write these books, not like six months. Oof. So I'm yeah, I am about to embark on that. And I've noticed that I got a lot of this, like I'll do an initial burst of work, getting like the project set up, thinking about how we're going to work through it, getting it organized. And then I procrastinate like there is no other. Like I will do, every, I will resurrect old projects that have long since been dead and finish them off before <laughs> then tackling the thing I have to do. It's ridiculous. Oh, man. I just know the the feeling so well. It just it's it's yeah. like me talking in a female voice. It's, <laughs> I do exactly the same thing. It's just hard to. I want your accent though. <laughs> oh no, you don't want this one. It, it, oh, I, no, I suppose I'm do. used to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy, man. I hate these big projects, but I love them at the same time because when you can have a big project like that, break it down into a series of goals, and you just achieve yes. these small goals one by one, and just knocking them off the list. You know, it, it just, it's a nice dose of serotonin every time you hit one of those, you know? It's got to keep it, working. But the, it, as they say, the uh, the first step of the journey is the hardest one to take or something like that, right? Yep, yep, yep. I always learned that in order to move a mountain, you do it one pebble at a time. Oh, and yeah. that, like, mm -hmm. that really stuck with me, like, big time. <laughs> yeah, I always taught my kids it was the hip, it was eating the elephant one bite at a time. Same, same principle, yeah, but exactly exactly yeah yeah that that's uh are they vegetarians now <laughs> <laughs> actually my daughter is a vegetarian now but she still uses the eating the elephant you get on a mountain and the mountain looks so big and so giant and you had to figure mm. some way of, of teaching a child that you don't have to look at the whole thing at one time mm -hmm. all you have to yeah. do is look at the next piece you're going to do 
So let's mm-hmm. take one yeah. bite off that elephant and you get your job done that way. Before you know it, you're already there. Yeah, man. And that can be compared to growing as well. You know, when you're learning how to grow your own Absolutely. and there's all of this stuff that you've got to learn coming up, but plant the seed and take it day by day, man. You, you'll be fine. You know, you, yep. you don't need to know. Just be one step ahead of the student. You know, just be one step ahead of the plant and everything will be fine. When you're on week one, research week two and so on, and you'll be fine. And the I'll next thing it. you know, it's done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, holy, holy, I did that. See, I caught nice. myself that time, man. <laughs> <laughs> so you grew all of your stuff outdoors this year well i say this year but that's how you usually do it right i did i did the plant and pray version of growing this year where the I, best way. I plant, nice. planted my plants and then i didn't touch them i was away most of the summer and so it was like we happened to have enough rain i mean definitely enough rain i would say powdery mildew was the biggest issue I dealt with and I dealt with it right at the end. So I felt like I was able to, to treat with an all natural and then get right into harvest and not really be too hit too, too hard by it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's definitely, it was like not my year of, okay. And I'm going to add the boosters at these point intervals and I'm going to make sure everybody's got, it was like, Oh, that's right. I could add some extra fertilizer to this and it might help them (laughs) a lot. It was like that kind of a summer grow season. Mm -hmm. So I, but I got to say, this was the first year that in Vermont, we were able to start from clones that you could buy at a dispensary. And it was so awesome being able Mm. to go in, help my little guys. You know, I had them under a veg light in my house until it was really warm enough. We had a really, really bad um, cold snap in May this past year. And a lot of people lost plants and especially bigger things like apple orchards and things like that really suffered. But um, I was really glad I had waited. I waited really late to put my plants in, but they were, you know, they were growing under a veg light. So they were they were doing good over there. Mm-hmm. and brought them outside and then just let them go and it was like mm-hmm. <laughs> that was nice. it. <laughs> so what is the dispensary charge for clones over there so it was about i'd say average price is 36 dollars for a clone okay and i would like to see that come down to more like 15 to be honest yeah. Yeah. um but I don't, I think that would be a wishful thinking. Um, but I, I like it when dispensaries do some kind of a sale and you get like a $25 clone. Um, I think that's, it's, I really, really loved being able to trust that I had something that was really going to, going to grow up and be good, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It's so cool. That is, man. Yeah, I'm it just curious because really cool. I'm trying to find a strain, and the only way I might be able to find this one is a clone. And uh, I've never bought a clone before ever because I'm in prohibition oh. land. But now, technically, yeah, yeah, yeah. technically, now with the farm bill and the new DEA ruling, that I can buy a clone and have it mailed to me, and it's not illegal. You should be able to. Really, that's Damn. correct. Because it's not that a, is correct. It's not yeah. a flowering plant. Yeah, exactly. Correct. So it's, oh, it's basically. Fuck. It's nothing. So I could actually buy a $30 clone in the mail and they'll mail it to me. But I was kind of like, just curious, is that about a go- good going price? And so the answer is, yeah, that's not yes. a bad price. Damn. No, Looks like you need a trip to Vermont then, monkey. Get on the plane, <laughs> yeah. bro. No, man, I can just order it in the mail. This thing will show up in my house. It's the but, way but it is. Can you go to the dispensary, though, and they'll be like, here is Blue Dream, and they've got jars of it, and then in front of the jars, they're like, here's the Blue Dream cutting bait you can buy for $35. And this is like wow. the, the cutting from the same plants. Is that how it works? 
Um, no. I don't know. Not really. I mean, I'm trying to right. find that yeah. Tropicana cherries that we had in, in Barcelona, right. Mackie, and, I, and those mm -hmm. seeds just aren't available anywhere right now. But I found a cutting. So, hey, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to oh, do. Get that mm. cutting. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would definitely do it. If you found it, definitely do it. I got my fingers um, crossed. I may try it. <laughs> it reminds me. Uh, <laughs> Fre Freddie Mackie. Garfinger, remember that movie? You know, so okay yes. with my fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lizzie, they, you were saying? Uh, I was going to say that it's funny. I find some places have strains that they really feel are their proprietary strain and they're not going to give it all away. Mm -hmm. Other places get really, I think, excited about the idea of having experience just like you're talking about. Like you mm -hmm. smoke the weed, you get to grow the weed, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But I, I don't see as many of that version. I see more like... I don't remember seeing like the golden grams up for grabs at any of the dispensaries, but like the plant was there, you know? And, and so I don't know, it's, I'm, I'm sure different places have different, different ideas on it, but I've asked a couple places like, Oh, are you planning on doing clones of this one? And it's like, Ooh, that's like one of our best ones. No, we're not. It sounds like they're trying to reserve right, right. what yeah. they want or what they're going to mm -hmm. cultivate as really their own stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, there was a couple strain from up here that I really wish I could have gotten this summer. One of them being the ice cream cake. I couldn't find that anywhere in a in a clone. Mm. And there's a dispensary here called Cirrus, and they had an Amherst diesel that I really fell in love with. It was freaking like 14%, like very low THC, and I just loved it. It was it it reminded me of when I was in high school, we would get what we called outdoor. It was just like outdoor grown weed and it just mm -hmm. had a nice high to it. It was happy and easy. It was like nothing big, nothing crazy. And oh man, it, it gets me. I didn't think I'd fall in love with like low, low percentage strains so much, but I really have. It's good to smoke. Uh, really yeah. yeah, that's it. What you said, uh, you know, it was a really low 14. It was like, that's not, that's not really low. That's well, medium. I can remember they went 14. <laughs> that's not? Like, wow, that's 14. Oh, Snickers. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I see things around here like 25, sometimes oh, 28. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, and oh, yeah. I just 30 some places. Great for when I want to like go to sleep, but I found that those don't serve <laughs> me as well for like social weed. You know? Correct. Yeah. But I stopped what smoking like for a long time. Food? And uh, sorry, Lizzie. You did, sorry, you did. You stopped smoking. Yeah, yeah, I stopped smoking for like nearly two years. I didn't smoke. I was just using the mighty, just getting high on the mighty, high and mighty. Yeah. But you know, I just didn't consume cannabis very much. It could be weeks at a time in between consuming cannabis at all. So it became a real lightweight. And then after yeah. my recent harvest, it just smells so good. You know, and I made myself a blunt yeah. to be like, yeah, you do serve a blunt. Smoke a blunt, even if it burns away. Who gives a fuck? You know, <laughs> you, you deserve it for that glorious harvest that you've just had. So, and then since then, I've been smoking like a joint every day. But the first one I rolled was, uh, uh, I rolled it with some home, homemade hash. And it was, it was so strong. It took me five fucking days to smoke that joint, man. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, man. such a lightweight, such a lightweight. I remember the day it wouldn't have lasted five minutes, brother. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah, really? yeah. I would have rolled two of them and been like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> looking for a third back in the day, but not anymore. Yeah, but damn, damn, yeah. It hit me hard, man. But I'm just about to roll a blunt here because my, my daily blunts that I like to smoke now. 
Yeah, now that you're up to it. No, I have a big like slowdown coming my way. A, my harvest wasn't, I don't think it's going to be big enough to get me through the oh, entire no. Yeah. And so I do. I And also I have just wanted to like slow my own roll with it. Like it's like you say, harvest season is fun. You feel really good. It's exciting trying your strange and figuring out what the effects they have are. Ooh. And it like feels really good and you know it, all of it is wonderful but i need to conserve and i also i just i want to slow down <laughs> like you're a hardcore stoner ain't you? you you uh you smoke a lot you and you smoke every day you smoke I, for a long time yeah i do yeah and it's it's funny there's different combinations of things because i also will smoke cbd and i really mm. i find that really effective in certain ways yeah. Um, it's funny the, for more creating things. I do find the pot is really great. The, the THC is really great, but for, um, being critical about things, I find that the, the, the CBD is a much better like aid. And at the same time, I also, as a, as a person, my own personal philosophy is the, the less stimulation, like the less external stimulation, the more natural you can be, the better. And so I wrestle with that part of me and how much weed I can consume at times. It's like, eh, <laughs> you know, like, because, because I'm such a lightweight now and well, I'm slowly gathering that tolerance back, but I have um, a half THC, half CBD strain. And it. just, it's just like 8% of each and it's just it's yep. a perfect balance. So I can smoke without just getting wrecked, but I'm like, yeah. God damn, I need to sleep. This is hit me hard. I can't do an interview so, right now. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so having so, the CBD stuff is so much smoother. I like it. Sorry, Lizzie. But do you ever just go like, do you not like, like sometimes when I hit that point, or even when I start just kind of leaning heavily into the CBD, I'm like, wait a minute, am I just smoking to smoke? You know what I mean? Is it like, do I have nah, more of a habit because it's tasty shit? Or like, <laughs> that's I don't true. Know. No, not... it's the smell and everything does really mm, get me as well. Mm-hmm. That's right. But, it's not just about know. getting high. It's about enjoying it. And I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's like a medicine, really. There seems to be a, a really sense of well-being, though, off of those, you know, mm. high CBD strains, though. I mean, yeah, they don't get you as high, but they make me feel just as good in a different way. Yes, I agree with you, Monkey. I do. Yes. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I have often questioned my my method of choice and been like, w- like, would you consume as much if you limited yourself to like edibles? You know what I mean? No, <laughs> like, oh, I can answer they, that question. Don't excite you me would. as much. <laughs> Say that again, you'd monkey. smoke and have edibles. You know? uh, I've, I've, been, I've been fighting to come back off of the flu, so my lungs have been tender. So, yes, I've been consuming my edibles. <laughs> there goes that theory, then. Exactly. Um, you'll, you'll make up the difference. You'll make up the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, definitely, I think it's good to to always like look at your usage, think about your usage, you know, keep yeah. it in check if you're worried about it, or you know, if you're finding something's really working for you, lean into it. But yeah, <laughs> it's easy to get, especially as a home grower, uh, you can yes. easily get carried away because you have abundance. It's free. Yeah. It's a high quality shit, and you can just yeah. roll one and be like, mm-mm. That was delicious. I think I'll have another one of those. Yeah. You, know, you can do that. Yeah, you have to have a certain amount of discipline to not do that. You know. I think maybe yeah. that—that's the way it was in the beginning for me, Mackie. But I don't know. I've been home growing now for so long that it's—it's it's always here. I'm not going to run out, and so I don't have this yeah. 
it's it's no longer a new fascination. It's just like mm-hmm. it's just part of the house now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the house. It's it's what the way it is. Find... I mean. Go ahead. Yeah. No, so that's just, just the way it is. You know, yeah. just uh what do you guys do with your weed that's like last year's harvest if you haven't gotten through it? Uh, oh damn, I never got that far. Damn. It all that's a privilege I haven't experienced yet. <laughs> like I have stuff, I have stuff labeled harvest 2021. Wow. Me too. <laughs> I'll admit it, me too. Uh, it all you depends do? on the weed. So if it goes flat to the point to where it's tasteless, pretty much, you know, the terpenes are pretty much yeah. blown on it. I'll use it for edibles. I'll just make oils with it. But there's some that, I, I that I've kept for a long term. I mean, I've got I've had some out to 18 months at least that still had terpenes and good flavor. And I kind of yeah. like the effect on those. And so those mm. I'll just kind of like, I'll, I'll treasure those. They're, do they give it, is it like more dopey? Like, because oh, yeah. they should so, be like, yeah. like grandpa weed, you know? Like, they turn, in, they turn <laughs> into these crazy nighttime weeds things, you know, where you can't <laughs> sleep. Just smoke, smoke a bowl of that. And I guarantee you in 30 minutes, you'll be in bed. That's, that's one of those kind of things. <laughs> but I like to have that around sometimes because you never know. Yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Do you guys are you big social smokers or is it more of like a, a on your own thing for you? Yeah, it's illegal, so you have to be. I mean, I used to be more of a social smoker, but as I've got older, I don't yeah. really know anybody who smokes anymore. So yeah, yeah, you know, even the people I used to smoke with, like we yeah. all kind of quit smoking now because we're getting old and worrying about being here for twenty more years, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right like yeah can so, i tell you about a really fun night i had like of but, course. so we had a night um halloween was on what last uh, tuesday and on the saturday before i went over to my friend's house and it was so much fun they're a couple and they invited one other couple and then i was the fifth and it was so great the host the hosts they had put on such a good munchie spread it was like obviously all like the halloween trick-or-treating can there was like you know a big bowl like mixed with all the favorites and then they had all just stuff that was going to hit all the different senses really well like crunchy and like all the textures and flavors you could kind of go any direction you wanted on this like snack buffet table and like there was, you know, jo- joints were set out in little jars and you could spark wow. one anytime you wanted. And we all just like got high and, and like munched on all this great food. And we watched like a scary movie. And it was so much fun just hanging out with all other people who also consume weed and who were excited to try the different strains that people, you know, grew or brought or just, and it, there were only five of us. This isn't like a huge thing, mm-hmm. but it was, it felt like very different from when I hang out with my friends who don't consume and either I am the one who is high while they're all drinking, or I'm the one who's like, who's like just not doing anything that night. You know what I mean? Like it mm. just, it feels different when you actually get to like enjoy the munchies with other people and like yeah, yeah. And, and enjoy you know and, mm. <laughs> and then discuss the flavors and the sensations as you start getting high all of the stuff that's all part of the experience i get exactly yeah. what you're saying it's something yeah. that we did at spanibus this year where we couldn't share oh, our definitely. own homegrown and shit but no. we all well a few of us from over at percy's grow room our forum we met up yeah. over at spanibus and we just sat on the grass, just enjoying our weed together. And it, it was fucking, it was a great time. You don't 
get to have that opportunity because being a cannabis user and a cannabis grower are two completely different things you know being a cannabis That's user it's not so bad you can tell your friends yeah man try this good shit here blah 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 but when you're a grower and you go up and you're like try this good shit oh that's fire where did you get that from? And you're like, um, <laughs> the guy? You're like, oh, can you get some for me from the guy? It's like, not really. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. Why are you such a stingy bastard for, Mackie? I just want to keep a couple of grams off him. It's, oh, fuck. You know, it's, it's bad times, man. But to be yeah. able to meet where we're all growers like that, and you know, people are just on the level then, you know, you don't have to hide yeah. anything. You don't have to be secretive. Uh, that's a it's a big part of being a cannabis user is not being able to share something that you love so much or something that's such a big part of your life you can't share it with your everyday normal folk you know you can only share it with fellow growers man and this is why the community matters with cannabis more than you know more than most communities yeah and and the old time community was definitely there at spanibus i'll go ahead and tell tell her the jorge story mackie (laughs) <laughs> oh jesus you know, we we've interviewed jorge cervantes a few times and mackie's gotten to know him a little bit so anyway we told him we were going to be at spanish i have his phone we, number and we chat on whatsapp it's crazy <laughs> isn't it? it's nuts <laughs> but anyway we're at spanish and we know that he's going to be there at the seedsman uh counter so we kind of scope out the place and we finally find jorge down there and Jorge, he has never seen us before. So we actually have to introduce ourselves. And finally, the light comes on. He looks at Mackie. He says, Mackie, wait a minute. He turns around and he jams his hand all the way down into his crotch. And he pulls this bag of weed out. And he turns around <laughs> and hands it to Mackie. He says, I, I saved you some, a little sample right here. Crotch yes. weed from Jorge Cervantes. And it was uh, a selection of all different buds from all of the entries into the Spanibus Cup. <laughs> all mixed together all mixed yeah. up with, with a fine hint of jorge ballsack on it yeah yes. i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> so we bragged about jorge ballsack weed the whole time we were there but it was oh damn good God. weed damn mm-hmm. good. did not put that into the etiquette book but it should have been is that please use your pockets especially <laughs> 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 ballsack weed is not advisable but it was so old school because that's what the one place, the last place the cop would ever look. Yeah. So funny, man. And you know, he's, he's kept it there all day, you know, just waiting for us to show up. He's like, oh, here it is. Oh, cool. I have something yeah. for you. Nice and warm. <laughs> oh, wait, here. It's a little sweaty. Oh, man. Yeah. So fucking cool. You know, it's a, it's a story not many people can, uh, you know, uh, not many people have a similar story to that. Very I lucky. was going to say, no, that's unique. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well, what do you think so <laughs> maybe he does it all the time you know <laughs> but he's a good guy Jorge mm-hmm. great guy Mackie do you, are you ever going to come visit the states and hopefully like, I'd love to yeah I'd love to get the life. oh don't get me started Lizzie I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd love well, to get the fuck get out started. of this country it's a long podcast Mackie <laughs> <laughs> Well, I already went on a bit of a rant before you arrived here today because, you know, the oh, UK is a failed state, man. And it's, just, it's just getting worse and worse and worse all the time. And the taxes just keep going up and we just have to keep on paying more and more and getting less and less for it. So I would love yeah. to move to the States, man. I'd love to get the fuck out of this country. But I have family here, which makes it very difficult. But my kids are nearly uh, old enough to, like, move. But what about no, just no. a visit, a vacation? Oh yeah, I'd love to do that too, but that, that's expensive, you know. <laughs> and I'd want to see so much of it. We were cheap 
favor. Are we, I thought we were. I thought we were. The, the exchange rate was in your favor. It oh yeah, but slightly. But the British pound isn't given out enough nowadays. <laughs> no, there's not. It, there's there's none of the savings. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I write etiquette books. Not the most lucrative thing in the world to do for. A mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, writing isn't isn't one of those things that makes money anymore. Not, not like fucking thirty no. years ago, you know. But yeah, I'd love to get. I, I want to see so much of the states. It's like I would need some kind yeah. of lottery win to make sure that I could keep everything covered for six months, so I can just go and hire oh. a, a 1962 Mustang. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow! Oh, an Impala. You know, I'm blue with the white stripes, oh. man. That's my shit. Like, what's the damn. interior? <laughs> cream. Mm, I have a, yeah, but a cream would look nice in that, wouldn't it? Damn. Right. Mm-mm-mm. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I do it. Isn't it? A nice pair of aviators. You see, yeah, down down Route sixty six. Yeah, through all the non legalized states. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This is back country, you know. Exactly. <laughs> like, really man, I would love to. Non legalized states too, man. Crazy. Mm, yeah, but that's it. I, 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 I'd love the USA. Yeah, I'd, yeah, the first place I'd go is I'd visit Monkey. I'd start off down south and visit Monkey. You know, yeah, visit a couple of them southern states. Then, then we, yeah. we looped that southern state back around and we hit a few stops on the way up the, the eastern seaboard. We hit we hit New York. Then from New York, we hit across west. You know, yeah, start hitting Chicago through Illinois, Minnesota, all those people over there that we got to see. You, know, you just we, missed me in Vermont entirely. No, yeah. no, we came all the way to Vermont. I just didn't mention it. We went we went to Vermont and, and Maine and all that stuff. We've done all of that because she's got to see Maine and Vermont. I mean, it's very mm-hmm. unique. We do because mm-hmm. we're actually legalized states, yeah. But New York City is, it's so... Mackie, it, the, the one say, place that you can smoke walking down the street in Manhattan right And I've there. done it. Mm-hmm. It is so, it is so disorienting. I like... Mm, you see a copper well sorry you see a police officer and you're like oh my god no 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 that's the weird part is that it's like they don't but like it's not a problem if you see a police officer it's like they don't care it's like i saw i realized i was smoking a joint literally six feet from an officer the the way we were positioned there was some scaffolding and i didn't see what was on the other side of this it's just a police officer (laughs) and i was just like this is too weird even for me it's it i'll be honest the freedom of it almost makes me uncomfortable because i feel like i notice even more that i'm in people's faces or in their space or they Mm. might have to like walk through what i just smoked in order to and i understand cigarettes and cigars and tobacco pipe and even vape all create the same sort of thing but Mm -hmm. i felt this weight of it being cannabis that like Mm. it bothered me and i and i even asked like my host i was like all right what's the deal where should i go he's like well you can walk anywhere and do it i said yeah but like I'm not going to do it right outside your no. door where your so, door man is. But like what is the correct my... etiquette for this? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so we had to we had to talk about it. And I then was out on oh shoot I forget uh, I forget what street it was, but it is well known one. So I was around the corner of the apartment and I'm smoking my joint, and I had about five different interactions with just random people on the street that were all unique and delightful and for a country girl in the city a real thrill 
And it just, it, it was that reminder that like that smell of cannabis can sometimes be the thing that makes someone like talk to you, you know, it's like, they're Mm -hmm. like, Oh, you're, you'll at least have this level of like cool or chill or like mm-hmm. accessibility mm-hmm. going on. Like, yeah. And I had so, like a guy just totally dressed up in ways I would not imagine like, 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 like crazy face paint and like a, a cheetah print tight, like crop leopard top, like, you know, like just, and these little tight hot shorts and he was, he and I had this like whole political conversation. He was a big fan of Bernie Sanders. who's like a big Senator where I'm from. And it was a really, really interesting conversation. This other girl smelled what I was smoking uh, 20 feet down the street, walks back. And she was like, <laughs> I gotta ask you where you got that because I just lost my person. And I was like, oh, it's from one of the shops, like the dispensaries. And we exchanged addresses for it and stuff. It was really fun. But we talked about, we just like, that's the kind of weed I want to be smoking. And like, <laughs> it was just a riot, man. It was so crazy. <laughs> Damn. I know how it is, man. Yeah. We go to anytime, we go to any city, legal or not, we always stop dead in the street because you'll smell that whiffs coming down from an alley or something. Yeah. Like that. And you stop and you, you look around immediately, like, who is it? Who is it? it Oh, yeah, I, I love the States, man. I think I'm like, I am an American just born in the wrong country and stuck here, you know? You and <laughs> I'm I an strip one, you know? <laughs> oh, totally. we we're, we're going to swap oh. houses here. Here, I can hear it now. Here we go. It's an idea for a TV show, you know? <laughs> we can swap, and I'll take care of your homegrown. You take care of mine. Homegrown. That sounds swap. like a plan. Yeah. Can, can you write etiquette books, Mackie? Give it a fucking go. <laughs> we'll just hit this lovely blunt here. Delicious. Delicious. Oh, but yeah, man. I'd love to get over there, man. It's like I have the occasional thought of like, hmm, maybe I can just like move to the States and find work and then bring the family over. Is that possible? Could I do that? Is it too much of a big step? Am I thinking outside of the league? It's like, yeah, I could do it. I could do it. <laughs> It's you been know. done before by other people, Mackie. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty much how the country was built, you know. Pretty much, <laughs> it's people coming from <laughs> Europe. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll go over there. I'll find a job, and then I'll bring you over. And then, you know, that's that's the way it goes. It's over hundreds of years. It's it's crazy, man. I'd, I'd love to get over there. But where would I go? There's so many places you'd like to look off. I've never visited the place on holiday, so I think that would be the best thing to do: is visit on holiday, do a road trip, and then just decide yeah. which is the right place for me. Well, a lot of people, immigrants, they will not pick a specific spot. They will start someplace and move around till they feel comfortable. And that's where they'll settle. Because around here, that's the advantage here. You know, you don't, you have a huge space you can go and travel free as you want. As long as you've got your pay, your, uh, your green card, your citizenship, whatever, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. What do you, what do you say about, uh, do, do you travel much, Lizzie? Are you thinking about Spanabis this year? Have you ever been to Amsterdam? That kind of travel? What, what would you think? I right? haven't, I have not managed to do. So <clears throat> I've done international travel only with my, my, uh, family and extended family, but mm. I don't, I don't tend to have a budget that really allows me to plan for that. Mm-hmm. And so I love living vicariously through other people and hearing about their <laughs> stories of going to such things. But even back when I was um, researching higher etiquette, 
we didn't have the kind of research budget that allowed me to like attend a lot of the really big conferences that happen in the US and stuff like that. And that I was a little bit bummed about, um, but I, I managed to get to enough states and I felt like had enough experiences that I got a, a much bigger experience than just what was going on in Vermont and the Northeast. But mm. I I really wish I could travel more internationally. I think it would be really fun. I'm a little bit of a nervous flyer. So I have to, which I shouldn't be. I, I grew up around airplanes. Only like a I, little bit, you know. <laughs> I think everybody's bit. a little bit of a nervous flyer. I, am, I, get, I get some like paranoia going on. Like I just do. And so I, I, it's easier to go with a friend. And I got to say, a lot of my friends are at the stage where they're, you know, newly married or newly parents. And they're not like really in a position to travel for a number mm -hmm. of years. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah just had a kid he's like let's go to amsterdam so like, yeah can't, can't do that I right now about friends who don't have kids you know it's like mm. love meeting them. Um, uh, amsterdam is such a great city as well it's a shame you haven't been it sounds so cool it sounds so cool yeah i think we should do a swap man we should uh life swap that's what we can call it you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could try running my podcast for a bit yeah so how is your podcast your podcast is specifically about etiquette right you got it it's called awesome etiquette and it's going great we're approaching um 10 10 years and uh wow. almost 500 episodes and we you don't sound old enough to have a podcast that's been out for 10 years lizzie <laughs> i appreciate it. i turned 40 <laughs> a couple weeks ago wow congratulations um, thank you, have, thank happy you. belated birthday yeah thank you thank you <laughs> um but no it's uh it's 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 a it's a fun it's a fun show i'm sure that at 500 we'll have a little bit of a change up going on just because 10 years it's a good idea to shake the show up a little bit mm -hmm. um but we answer etiquette questions and we talk about like topics where we'll do a deep dive into a topic related to etiquette and i still love it i love the questions people come up with it's just it's it's fascinating to hear what's the recurring stuff like you know every thanksgiving we're going to talk about table settings every holiday season we talk about gift giving and re-gifting and thank you notes and mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. think you get sick of it but you don't because in between there's all these new things that crop up or that people are interested in and tipping tipping has been like a huge issue for us over the past couple of years here in the states uh -huh. and just people wanting more you you're getting you're encountering the tip screen instead of a tip jar in all these places that you never mm. used to encounter a request for a tip, like at the auto mechanic you know what yes. I mean? it's just like weird stuff Ooh, that triggered and monkey there what, what happened to you monkey there are some like retail stores even that you, you're paying the cashier and there's a tip line on it mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. why I went and got the thing. I brought it up here to the cashier. You're going to ring it up and bag it, and I'm supposed to tip you? I'm sorry. It ain't happening. Yeah, no, I'm triggered. I'm sorry. That, <laughs> here, those jobs are paid differently than minimum tip wage jobs, which are paid like $2.16 an hour at the federal level. States can raise it if they want Fucking to. Fucking hell. Jesus. But monkey, the, it's okay. The one that kills me, monkey, is that there are so in Vermont, like our senator fought really, really hard and, and pushed an agenda for a livable wage, not just a minimum wage, but a livable mm -hmm. wage. That's like considered 15 bucks an hour here in Vermont, at least. 
And so any, any job you should have, that's like supposed to be the bare minimum. Like that is, that's supposed to be the starting point. And you've got jobs where that's the setup and they've got tip jars and service fees. And I'm like going, no, 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 no. You are abusing the system right now. This is not okay. It's, it really bothers me. Like, anyway, it's, I, I could go off on a soapbox about it, but it's. Do it. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Last time I I traveled in the airport, I stopped to get a bottle of water before I got on the plane. And a bottle of water. Bottle of water. Yeah. But yeah, there's a tip line at the cashier right there at the gift shop. I'm going like, this is an airport gift shop. Why should I have to tip here? It doesn't make any sense. But anywhere you get people are on vacation, they're generous. Stick a tip line and see what happens. Here in the UK, we've been uh, we've over the last couple of years, especially we keep seeing uh, self-service checkouts appearing everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You have to. Yeah. Yeah, I hate them for many reasons. But they ask you for like, would you like to make a donation towards this charity? Yeah, they do. You're already robbing me, you bastards. And you also want me to give money away to a a so-called good cause? It it really gets to me, man. Even on the end of your receipts, they print it all out, shows you your list, how much you paid and everything. If you would like to make a donation to this, so fucking leave me alone. You know, I have the internet. If I felt like there's a cause that I wanted to give to, I'd go give to it. I don't need people fucking hassling me all the time. It's just constantly fucking hounded. But leave me alone. Um, you know, goddamn. Americans are definitely starting to feel pressure points with the requests for tipping and and making absolutely every single transaction something that you then have to pay even extra on top of. And it's it's breaking like that combined with inflation is like breaking mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Like people yeah. don't even want to go out because they just don't want to experience the hassle of being hassled for so much money, you know? Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's supposed to be you tipped when you receive good service, right? It, right. It's, it's just, that's what we have here in the UK. We're, we're not a tipping culture. We, when yeah, I leave tips for people, there. they're like, that, that's for me. So yeah, it's a tip for you because you good service, you know? And, uh, I think I tip more than my friends tip. You know, <laughs> it's it's just not part of the culture here in the UK. But I always leave a tip when I get that. good service, and I'm happy with the good service, man. It's like th- this person went out their way to make sure that I had a nice time. You know, that everything was uh, you know presentable for me. It's you know, and that's why I go out for my missus is a great cook, so we don't really need to go out and uh, you know go and yeah. have nice food. Because we're going to have nice food at home. So when we go out, we go out because yeah. we want nice service. And when somebody takes that extra mm-hmm. mile to present you with the good service, then, you know, they deserve a tip for it. But if I had bad service, fuck that. I'm not even no tip. You know, if, <laughs> if that person's a dick, if you made my experience <laughs> worse than what it was supposed to be, if you haven't offered me the good service, it's like, so why am I tipping? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's but like... Sorry. Yeah, 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 Mark. What's your tipping culture like? Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> hard to describe what tipping culture is down here. I mean, we usually, the missus and I, we always try to take care of our servers and things like that. But yeah, we have definitely noticed that people are asking for tips on on the most ridiculous things these days nowadays. I mean, wow. I, I am starting to wait to see an online people asking for tips. I mean, it, it's it's inevitable. It's going to happen. I feel like it. 
Well, so I feel like is this asking for tips? Is that what we're doing by having Patreon and stuff? Is that a tip? Are you guys tipping us no. for the work we do? Is that- <laughs> <laughs> Don't really there's know some, about that. There's supporters. There. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> you don't just get people noticed. handing money to the waitress being like, you know, keep up the good work. <laughs> I really start- support starting to see the tip lines on these, you know, the automatically calculated tip lines that, they, that are starting to show up on almost every receipt you see now, you know, starting with 15, 18, 20, and then like that. Now I'm seeing them go as high as 30% on that line, trying to encourage you to yeah. go higher and higher and higher. It's like, yeah, the tipping culture is out of hand. It's ridiculous. I fully understand that these people in service positions are making minimum wage or less, and they need some mm-hmm. help. Yeah, that needs to change. It's not a given, though. By all means, you have to do the job well in order to get the good tip. That's my opinion. My missus I think that, sorry, okay. won't allow me to not leave a tip. I have only done it a mm. couple of times in my life when it's gotten to be ridiculously bad. Mm. But Trish. still, I mean, yeah. So with the sliding scale from 5% on is how we pretty much look at it here, though. But now I'm, I'm ready for a normalcy. I think the tip should be included in the bill. No, it, the the employer should pay their staff a proper wage. Correct. And right. Also, on top of that, they should be given tips for good service. So it's it, it that's that's how it works in the UK. There's jobs here where you uh, say they work in a restaurant, uh, like a waitress yeah. in a restaurant, should be given or he, no, they would be Ooh, given uh, a certain wage. And it, it, it would be minimum wage or a little bit over it. But, you know, enough so that even if they get no tips, they can survive. That used yeah. to be the way. It's not the way anymore in the UK. Nobody's surviving right. on minimum wage alone. You know, <laughs> that's not happening. Yeah, like, yeah. And people got three jobs and shit and still can't afford to pay for things in this country right now. I mean, but the tips on top whole... of things, it's, uh, you know, if you got good service, then more tips. Uh, that's the that's way it works. Whole... That's a whole book right there for you to write, Lizzie. The etiquette of tipping, my gosh. It's in our it's in our big book, the one that we published last oh, year. It's I'm a book unto it. itself. My gosh, it's, it's crazy like, no, though. Yeah. It's I can't tell you. I've done more interviews in the last two years on tipping than any other topic. It's only just started to quiet down after two years. Wow. But it was it's just really been a, a hot point for us here in the States and just a noticeable pressure point for people and a, and a change in the behavior, like a real noticed change in behavior. You know, it's like yeah. if it's, if like it's it enforced, <laughs> it's it's not a tip, is it? It's it's like a service fee. It's like you must pay this Good because point. Good point. You know, it, it's like I hired you for an hour to bring me food to my table and make me a drink. Here is the 10 bucks. I owe you for the 10 bucks an hour I'll pay you for a service. A tip is something you give extra to tip the balance. You know, I always want a system to be where we get rid of the idea of tipping, but you put in a service fee as a part of the calculation. So rather than raising the price of the food, which a lot of places will do to absorb the cost of it all, Mm -hmm. I think it makes more sense to the customer to see, you know, the $13 burger and the $5 beer or whatever that, and then to see a service fee, like you're talking about Mackie of, and I don't like whether it was by the hour for the amount of time you were at the table or what, whatever it is, put that in as the service fee and then have your tax and your total and be done with it. 
-hmm. that we leave it as that, like, you know, if you're, if you're paying it well enough, then we don't need to be making anything up with a tip in, in America. Mm -hmm. That's the, Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be making up the minimum wage with that tip. And if you abolish that system, I think you could get a lot more consistency, people not walking out on bills. I know you don't end up with, I mean, I guess you always have the opportunity of someone offering you cash. But when I worked retail, occasionally people would try to tip me. I worked in custom men's suits and mm-hmm. occasionally I would try to, someone would try to tip me. And I was like, I really have no way of accepting that or accounting for that. And I mean, obviously I could have just put it in my pocket and not thought any more about it. But like, it's not the way that that job isn't set up to receive tips and have tips be a part of your income. And so mm-hmm. it's a it's a different system when you're trying to apply the tipping. And I think in some ways I'm I've come down on the side of I really think it should be abolished. And I mm-hmm. not just because it also has roots in racism here in the States, but also because it is a bad system where it is based on conventional attractiveness. Like they have done a lot of studies that show True. The more conventionally attractive you are, whatever that means, it means you are going to be someone who gets more tips. That is an inherently unfair system. Like, and in the job market, that is a really bad system. Like, especially Mm. with the way we deal with HR here in the states. All right, let's just say the Huda girls make more than the than the other ones will. Bias are definitely, and you know, even if it, I mean, it, take like the boobs out of it, like more more attractive men, more attractive non-binary yeah, people. By like, all means, yes. Make someone more attractive. That person is going to make more tips from someone that is traditionally less attractive, and that is like that is sad. That is an inequality that should not exist within a system that is really accessible to everyone. From basically, I mean, I started serving when I was fourteen years old. I couldn't serve alcohol. But like I worked, you know, behind a deli counter and then had to like bring all the food out. And then I worked plenty of jobs where I did serve, you know, once I was 18, where I was serving alcohol and things like that. Um, But it like I've worked those service jobs. I've been a busboy, like all across the board. It is so much. I I just I I put me in the camp of I'm ready to get rid of it. I'm ready for a major cultural revolution around it. And this this went on some tangent, you know. (laughs) (laughs) We just spoke about tipping for about 15 minutes. The weed's good, boys. The weed is good. Indeed, (laughs) indeed. Proper stone of conversations, man. This is how it's supposed to be. You know, we're gonna solve everything. (laughs) Exactly. One meeting at a time. That's the question I really yeah, man. Should we tip our bud? Yes. Yes. If it's good for service, that <laughs> if, if it's good service, you should be able to tip anybody for anything for good service. You know, the, just that little bit extra, you know, and you're supposed to do good service that. anyway. But, you know, it's just, but I don't, don't know. You it's just, feel like it starts to become the expectation that the extra absolutely. becomes the extra. And then you're just caught in this hole and you get people wanting 50% as an expected extra but as opposed to Matt, as I say, it's, it's, you can't keep it extra. You know, it's not it, really a thing that? in the UK. So we don't really I don't think many people feel bad for it, you know, when yeah. they don't tip. Yeah, you know, I feel like See, shit, if, if I order food and I've got no change in the house, I can go, can't give to the guy, you know, just a couple of quid for dropping the shelf. You know, this, it, if that man does a hundred deliveries in a night. And everybody gave him two quid. 
he's he's living a decent fucking life man you, you just have to you know everybody just give that little bit and the guy's gonna have a nice life but well just uh that, that's how it should be if, think about if he's bartenders, fast, of course. Mackie. think about bartenders because that this mm. is the one that gets me right there because if, if you go to a place and it's got an open bar situation or not um you know you go to the bar you get what you want and immediately you there's, there's a tip jar there there's a pressure to tip and if you don't tip that bartender i promise you he will look at you and if you if you make that trip too many times and don't tip him he's going to become a lot less attentive when you come back mm-hmm. so th- mm-hmm. there there is a pressure that's being applied to you uh, yeah. i mean and you know it it's like in your in your mind you say okay i better tip him something now so he'll know i'm serious about this next time i come up to him i don't like mm-hmm. that at all but it's the way it is that's interesting. There's and, in, and I don't know whether I would say in the case of bartenders, it's different or not. But when we um, we do a lot of qualitative research for these Emily Post books, and that means just talking to a lot of ma- like man on the street type stuff. You know what I mean? For us, like every mm-hmm. time I go into a store, places like that, I like to ask people how they feel about different types of etiquette scenarios that you encounter regularly in the public. And one of them was this summer, I had a group of girls who were all working at a couple different restaurants down at like a um, a hot spot, like a, a summer hot spot. And uh, they, I asked them about like, how do you feel about if someone like hits the no tip button or something like that? And they, sorry, I should clarify, the restaurant they worked at was only takeaway food. It wasn't like a place where you would really sit down. It's like, you go up, you order, you wait for your food and then you go. Mm-hmm. And they all said, we don't, we don't even think about it because a we're making enough and B we like, we don't know where someone is from when they walk in and they might come from a culture that doesn't have tipping the same way we do. Mm. So why would I judge them for just like, you know, why would I judge them? And it was, I thought it was actually a really good perspective on their part, Mm. but the more we've talked with workers who are like more cafe workers and stuff like that. So again, monkey, maybe not the bartenders, maybe that is a place where, you know, the tip and the service is a lot more connected, but Mm -hmm. a lot of cafe workers and the people who are working at that minimum wage or livable wage, and then you're using like a tip jar to give them extra, they, they say that it really doesn't impact them, that they don't think about their service based on whether or not you put money in that jar. And I thought that that to me resonated with my own difference in when I worked at the the deli type jobs and the the bakery type jobs where I I had a livable wage, but we split up the tip jar at the end of each shift. Mm-hmm. I didn't care whether people put it in because I had that, you know, at the time, I think it was like six, $7 an hour coming in or something like that. But I was like 14. It didn't matter. But it um it was really different from the times where even I worked as a busboy or a or a server. And I think it it felt I don't know, it, it did feel a little bit more connected to performance being mm-hmm. on that like $3 an hour type level. Yeah. I just think it's for the. Uh, Sorry, that was a it. long rant, guys. <laughs> this is what we do, Lizzie. This is what we do. It's all good. <laughs> well, we we have ranted about many, much more controversial things than tipping. Trust me. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> yeah, we go off on it sometimes. Goddamn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, interesting. I was surprised to hear that those girls, like that, for the most part, the people behind the counter aren't as judgy as I think we think they are. 
Mm. Like, I think it's more our own judgment of ourselves is that Americans feel deeply bad if we're not giving people money all that we just think everyone should be given mm. money all the time. Mm -hmm. like that is a weird thing in america like <laughs> yeah, yeah they start guilting us at a very young age over here yeah, well, capitalistic state yeah it's it is yeah exactly mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like well anyway there's <laughs> there's lots of places that conversation could go indeed but it seems to be uh because we have a similar kind of and i was discussing this before you arrived as well in, in the pre-show rant i had the <laughs> is uh it's like the uk now with the amount of taxes we're paying on things it, there's you're looking at between 60 pence and that's essentially cents in the uk pennies you know yeah. 60 to 75 pence on the pound you're paying on tax here in the uk you know with uh the income tax the 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 other taxes you have to pay it's it's crazy man and we're heading towards uh, some state where the government's just taking up all your fucking money and spending it on stupid things it's it's more like a communism fucking thing going on here right now yeah. at least crony capitalism that's where we are in the uk it's, it's fucked man oh. yeah the, the yeah. silence from yeah. the americans yeah. like, <laughs> no, <I> mean, <laughs> that's so hard man that's so hard yeah. we had something that we called had you met previous president i'm just curious oh, oh, oh. <laughs> going there now let's do this <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> no we won't do that no plenty flags coming up plenty flags <laughs> it just seems like the whole world is going uh excuse the, the terminology but tits up you know it's it's probably <laughs> everywhere is going bad man no, I mean, I know your taxes are high over there, Mackie, but we have uh, in the States what they call Tax Freedom Day. And it's just the average day for the average American. If you start working in January and you're mm. giving all your money to the government, what day of the year do you finally pay your government bills and you can start making money? And that day is typically somewhere around the middle of May. So we're not that far off. From really? It. I had never, just so you know, like I had never heard that before. That's incredible. Yeah. That's, I mean, how, but that's if, like I'm, the average as it takes us to get to May to be like, and now I'm making money for me. Yeah, now go. I can spend some of this. Right. That's crazy. I mean, but in the same kind of aspect, bad. like in the UK, if you got a 10 hour shift, there's six yeah. of those hours uh, owed to the government. And then you owed get to the last four you know yeah 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 it's like oh, yeah. so you're doing six hours on a 10-hour shift before you're like yeah now i'm making money for me you know it, that, that does madness, right. madness. <laughs> yeah you oh, gotta man. move to the end. come for our kind of crazy <laughs> it's a yeah. whole different experience <laughs> yeah but that's my kind of crazy you know that's freedom crazy you know <laughs> We'll make you think it's your choice to spend the money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just uh, dra dragged into the. Like, I had to buy. I had to buy a recycle. Like so, uh, our town. It's awesome. It's got recycling pickup. They just do it every Friday. The town services come and they pick up the recycling. Everyone's got these little blue bins that they put all the recycling stuff in and it gets picked up. And of course, people complain because the blue bins are open top. And so they they blow recycling all over the place. And it's mm. it's been an issue. And apparently the workers, as they hoist the bins up to throw the recycling into the 
the truck they've they're throwing out their shoulders and there's not enough of them and so the city forced everyone to buy $25 giant cans that had lids and it's the mm -hmm. kind that um like the other uh, garbage trucks that we have, it'll automatically lift the bin so the workers don't have to do it. They won't be injuring their shoulders and missing days of work. Mm -hmm. But you had to buy, it was like, there were all these good reasons to do it, but they were gonna force you to buy it in order to, to do it. And if and you could no longer have the option of using the blue open bins, they were gonna charge you extra if you did that. So it was like penalty of money either way to get us mm. to a new system. Mm -hmm. And I, that was one where it it took me about four or five months of, of holding out before I finally went and got my blue bin for $25 <laughs> with it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, they didn't even ask me nicely, you know, I really love my new bin, but at the same time, I was so mad that I was forced into buying it. Like, yeah. I think down here, if people would be forced to buying a recycle bin like that, half the people would just start throwing their recycle in the trash and be done with it. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, for my imagined Southerners would just like show up with guns outside and be like, nope, not happening. The recycling guys would be like, I feel you. And they'd turn around and go. Like... <laughs> I don't know if it's quite that bad down here, but yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, here in the UK, it's different. We are, well, at least where I am, we, we had to pay for the, the bins, like like £20 it was, probably around the same price, around $25. But nobody really complained. It's just, you know, you just did it. And we pay a fuckload of taxes. It's like, we should have got them bins for free, the cheeky bastards. For free, exactly. Like, you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you made us pay. But yeah, we didn't even think about it. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe that's just how <laughs> the culture is now. Just spend, spend, spend. Right. Yeah, it is. It is. But we did it to get rid of rats because up until like, wow, maybe it's longer than I think because, you know, time flies, man. Let's say 10 years ago, people didn't have these bins. They'd just leave bags out on the on the sidewalk outside waiting for the uh, the dustbin men to arrive and pick up all yeah, the shit yeah. in the morning. And that there would be loads of rats everywhere. You know, and the foxes would come along and rip open the bags and get stuff out there and they'll be rubbish all over the place. So, you know, they didn't like that. I didn't mind it so much, you know. <laughs> the foxes have got to eat as well, motherfuckers. Jesus. <laughs> you know? Like, I'd rather have foxes around. That's cool. Yeah. And rats, yeah. 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 No, not, not so much rats. Well, the rats no. are like the size of dogs. See? <laughs> I swear, there's some fucking beefy-ass rats out there. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah, so they made us get these bins and it got rid of the rats, essentially. Because, you know, they can't get to the food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I bet it helps smell and stuff like that, too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's much better, yeah. But they, they have these stupid rules, though. Like, so if the lid ain't closed properly, then, uh, it, like, because you put too much in there, so it, it, yeah. the lid won't close, like, no, we're not taking it. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, oh, there's garden waste in there. We're not taking it. No, there's a bit of grass. <laughs> yeah, we're not taking your bins. Oh. For fuck's sake, man. Crazy. Madness, madness. Yeah. The, the things we do, eh? The things we do. <laughs> I know. Well, that, that's an what interesting. You Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, look how interesting that is. Uh, uh, Backlash just says, wait, you're telling me you guys in the UK have foxes going through your trash like we have raccoons uh, go through ours. <laughs> yeah. Probably yeah, so. Pretty yeah. much. Pretty much. Yeah. The foxes, they're, they're all right. They're all right. They're, they're, they don't cause no bother. 
Yeah, all right. No. Except, except for when they're fucking barking outside at like three in the morning. And it's not really barking. It sounds like screaming. Yipping. Like, <laughs> you know. <It's>, <laughs> What the fuck is that? Somebody needs help. You know, it's like, oh no, it's just the fox. You know, like my cousin Vinny comes out with the gun and starts shooting in the air. Oh, yeah, what a great movie. Yeah, good movie. Nice. Yeah, have you watched any oh, good movies lately, Vinny. Lizzie? Yeah, you just oh. put some Vinny, some movies, man. Mm. You seen anything like good? I, I feel like- watch stuff all the time i did go see the taylor swift eras movie and i oh, cried no. yeah oh, oh yeah no. it was like i'm amazed was you forced to go was you paid to go oh, no it was, it was like birthday celebration yeah like but it was awesome because there were like we went on a night uh like on a sunday night really late and so there was no one else in the theater oh, and you yeah. just the really got time, to yeah. kind of treat it like a concert it was freaking awesome it was amazing and i loved it and i hope one day i get to see it in real life <laughs> yeah because it's essentially it's just a a concert of hers life from a certain perspective or something right yeah it's like and you don't get everything like you don't get the songs that she's never released or like the the stuff that there's definitely a good probably hours worth of stuff that you don't get but Mm. it's such a good version of it still and it's fantastic and to the people who love her it's it is really meaningful and it is really awesome and it's it was it was all those things. So I hope I get to go, but that was, that was incredible. And that was my, I hadn't been to, I, I think I saw the Barbie movie as well in movie theater this summer or this fall, but mm-hmm. like I haven't been to movie theater in well, no, I went once during the pandemic, but yeah. Yeah. I haven't been for a while, but when you mention uh, the concert like that, have you seen, I think it's called the sphere in Vegas. Have you seen it? Yeah, man. No. Oh, what man. is that? It, it's oh, pretty much a ball show. with thousands of LEDs on it. And it, it they uh, do shows in there now, which oh, are projection. like 3D. Yeah, so far. 365 yeah. all the way around, top, bottom, everything is is LED screen, everything. Mm. Oh, wow. So you do shows, that concerts. sounds incredible. Yeah, mm, it is so cool, man. That'd be oh, worth seeing. Very... Like Fremont Street yeah. on steroids, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's madness, man. <laughs> There's some good videos on YouTube. Definitely check it out. Oh, I will. It's so I will. cool. But yeah, it no, that's, those are at least in theater what I've seen. And um, I can't remember what I've seen at home. It was like, we went through all the Halloween stuff. So there was a bunch of like, like scary nice. movies and stuff on the list, you know. Now, I tried watching the original Night of the Living Dead. Remember remember that with the black and white one? Did you? The, the original Yep. Uh, yeah, got that from uh, Amazon and tried watching it with the kids. And they were like bored after half hour, you know. <laughs> and like, yeah, can, yeah. can we just watch something else? Like, fine. So then we watched uh, 28 Days Later instead. And that's a savage movie. Okay. The older kids, not the younger ones. <laughs> they, they couldn't watch it. <laughs> good movie, man. You've seen 28 Days Later, right? I No, I don't think Never I have. It's uh, about zombies. It's mm-hmm. a good movie. Good movie. You know, you know the guy from the Peaky Blinders. This is Cillian Murphy's in there. Yeah, he stars yeah. in Twenty Eight Days Later. Like, but it's like twenty years ago. It's much younger. I wonder. I went on a twenty years after I watched Peaky Blinders, watching a bunch of his stuff. I wonder if I did. Well, I think I'd remember it, but yeah. Anyway, it looks quite um, different. But yeah, that that was a good movie, which which we watched the other day. Mm-hmm. Nice. 
I'll take any good recommendations. You guys got, we did Squid Game. That was fantastic. Oh, man. Yeah. That was goddamn. Right, that was. Where's the new season, man? Come on. I'm waiting. I've God been yeah. waiting and waiting. And I, there was, I didn't, We it, it got voted out from the Halloween movie night that I went to. But um, all of us are dead because I had watched Squid Game. It recommended that for me. And I've been right, wanting right. to watch it. Yeah, there's been a few uh, good movies coming out of Korea there and TV shows. Heck yeah. Mm. Which one was that? They have a dating show that cracks me up because they're all so polite on it. It's like, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. They have a... (laughs) It's different to see, and it's it's the way they uh, interact with each other. And there's one called The Glory, I think it was. It just... um, What is it called? The Glory, a Korean TV show about Mm -hmm. uh, a girl who gets bullied at school by these... Uh, I don't know, by people in her class, and she just grows up to get revenge on them all. And it's just like mm. they were, they're savages, man. They're, <laughs> fucking, you know, the bullying rat went on. Savages. Oh. I don't know. I suppose that happens in in you know, like uh, Western schools as well. It just seems harsher. I don't know. Mm-mm. But check, it was a good TV show. Good, it was decent. But yeah, it's, it's good shit coming out of Korea, the South Korea, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously, obviously. But what else did I see that was good? Um, uh, uh, the Boys. Have you seen The Boys? Oh, that's on Amazon Prime, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember I stopped, I think, somewhere in the middle of the second season. I just didn't keep oh, going cool, with cool. it. Okay, okay. So you have seen it. But I have seen they... it. Graphic. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's different, that TV show, isn't it? Got that. <laughs> you know, Squid Game's graphic in some ways, but graphic in other ways. <laughs> mm-hmm. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. And uh, they've got a spin-off of that now called Gen V, which is uh, oh, yeah. it's, all, it's all right. It's de- decent, decent. They're mm-hmm. a, a college rather than you know learning about being superheroes. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a decent one. It's a decent one. Monkey, what have you been watching? Uh, I can't think of what we've watched recently. I think Upload just recently started their new oh, season. So yes, they're trying they? to get through that what? one. Yeah, they did. Yes. They just, so we're just a few uh, few episodes in on that new season right now. Oh, okay. no way. Didn't even know that was up and running. Sweet. See, oh, yeah, man. I love that show. Yeah, that's a great TV yeah, show, isn't it? Like, do you think we're going to have phones that operate like that? I just like the the, the ideas that they have about the future are really fantastic. Some mm-hmm. of them seem mm-hmm. creepy available. Uh, we, they have phones where they just hold out their fingers, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. One. yeah, yeah, like, like it, yeah. I can see it definitely hand. going there. Yeah, oh, yeah, that would be so crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> implant a little bit much. I don't know. <laughs> would you get it? Would you get an implant if you could get uh, the Neuralink and it linked you up with something like ChatGPT that just had the world's knowledge embedded into your brain? Would you get it? Oh, that's too much. Too much. I, I like I smoke weed to quiet my brain. I don't mm-hmm. think I would mm-hmm. like I'm I'm with you. I'm trying to sit there going like, do I really want to think about this right now? Because there's just too many, too many sides to deal with. Yeah, it's like I have a busy day. I like I watch TV <laughs> now, you know. It's like I want those sto- I want someone to tell a story to me. And like <laughs> my downtime in the evenings after work is like all very pacifying. <laughs> like, and outside of that, I'm like, I wanna I wanna garden, like and walk my dog, go for a run. Like I don't know 
that I need the world's knowledge downloaded into my head. Yeah, it'd be an interesting one. It'd be an interesting world when we get there. And it just looked like that we're going to head there un- unless we destroy ourselves first, which is also likely, you know. But mm. like, what's going on with um, AI? How do you think that's going to affect your business in the future? I'm glad you asked. As, as being a writer, you know, it, it's scary times, right? What do you think? Yeah, well, I don't know if you've read up on things, but like um, uh, Sarah Silverman right now, the comedian actress has a um, has a lawsuit against, I think it's, uh, I think it's Alphabet, so Google, and I, I forget who, but it's it, it, some of the bigger players. And it's saying that her work was uploaded to a shadow library that was used to teach AI um, how to write basically, or to teach, to to teach AI so that it's got all of its, you know, this huge knowledge base that it's working from. And the Atlantic did some really great reporting where they, 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 they found the library and they made it accessible so that you could actually go search to see if your work was in this library. And they were very clear. This isn't like perfect system. It's not the only shadow library out there. Um, but I, I went through it and looked and sure enough, our books are, were uploaded. Our books were used in the same thing. That, wow. the lawsuit. And so I'm very curious as to what's going to happen with this kind of stuff. Um, I've been talking with my agent about what, you know, what she's planning for in contracts and things like that in the future as like, we're, <clears throat> you know, about to sign a book contract. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's it's it, it's really hard in some ways i think <clears throat> the benefits for someone like me who runs a content company basically mm-hmm. are huge in terms of being able to draft up um marketing blurbs and uh notes and descriptions about the programs that we offer and synopsises of things like there there's some really amazing applications of it even in in I can see doing pre-writing of certain things, but I care very much about having like I maybe maybe it's it's um conceded, but like I really care about having our stamp on it, the the post family mm. stamp. Emily herself cared about that. Um, she didn't want the brand to kind of leave the family. Um, and that, you know, <laughs> each generation gets to decide for themselves whether they're gonna continue that MO or not, but like it it was always nice that she had faith that we could do it and mm. we've done it. And I really love that. And I worked hard to become a writer as someone who wasn't a natural writer. And so it's been, it's been really something I've honed over time. And I will be very curious what I say about it 10 years from now, you know, mm-hmm. um, and how we're using it or whether it upended everything. And, you know, we've, <clears throat> been told things by like the company that runs our website that um, uh, Google and other search engines are testing AI systems where, you know, when like you Google something and you'll get that little question and answer section, that's a part of the results. It's like outside mm-hmm. of the organic search results, it's pulling specific questions and then highlighting sections from websites and taking you to that website. Should you choose? Well, I guess they're yeah, working they're on SERPs, They're called, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, but I guess it's going, but it's like, it's different. It's like, it's it like gener- it auto generates a bunch of similar questions, you know, and right. like other mm-hmm. things you might want to know in this area. And 
<clears throat> that piece more and more they're trying to have it rather than go search the web and pick a website based on usually like SEO and things like that to insert as the answer space, but instead very quickly write up the answer from having searched all these websites. Mm -hmm. So all the etiquette websites yeah. and rather than directing you over to Emily post, which we've spent years trying to get as good, you know, having good search results mm -hmm. instead, they're just going to create a little AI generated answer right there, keeping yeah. you right there on Google. And uh, it is just, I, I agree with like everything you said. I mean, it's a, uh... It, because I'm, I spoke with Monkey about this. I, I don't know how recent it was. It wasn't too long ago about writing new articles for purses and then being like, with the way the internet's changing now, because we're going through an evolution stage of the internet. Now we have this kind of AI with all the work you put in for SEO, for search engine optimization, that is everybody. So when people search a certain thing on Google, they can find your articles on your website higher up in the search. That's what we're talking about, you know? And you'd write articles in specific ways like Google would see this as high quality content and it'll get rated yep. uh, higher up in the search engine feed. So it'll get noticed by people more and people will visit your website. That's how SEO works. But exactly. with uh, the chat bots that we have now and what we're going to have over the next five years, where you simply got this bot on your phone and you can ask it any question and it will give you an answer. So rather than typing into Google, how to make baklava, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you, you just ask your bot instead. You wouldn't have to go through a series of YouTube videos. You wouldn't have to go through yeah. a, seri a series of websites to find out which recipe you like and which one's the best and what to get. The chat bot would just be like, here's all the information you need. And be, yeah. would you like me to order that from the shop for you? Yes, please. And then it orders it all. It's down to it's with you the next day. You know, so and then it's... You're you're saying everybody's going to have their own little personal assistant on their phone. Absolutely. hundred percent. On your phone. We're within the next 10 yeah. years. Yeah. And it will, it will be able to do nearly everything for you. And it would be able to tell when your products have arrived at your door. It's like the, your back of our ingredients from yesterday well, have arrived. Do you want to go that. do this? You know? Yeah. But we <laughs> imagine when it's in your phone it, yeah. with the AI involved with it as well, you know, the chat GPT kind of software embedded into the technology like that. It's going to be crazy, man. Yeah. Let's take that back and throw that back at you. You were asking before about uh, implants. Now, if you get that, the, the, mm -hmm. that <laughs> now that you, really, you talk about getting an implant, your, your, your uh, personal assistant, your AI mm -hmm. is yeah. now part of your brain. This is like, oh my gosh, you, you're, you're making me confused now. You're making too me much, too much, about it. Too much, too much input. Too much. How but how efficient would that process be if you had that chip that was connected to everything else and you could just think, oh, book a meeting for 10 p.m. Monday. Done. It's done. You just thought about it and it's done. Think it and it happens. Oh, God. Oh. The amount of things you would think that would accidentally happen. Oh. Mm -hmm. It's just it. Yeah. <laughs> but it could also stifle communication between people because now you're just thinking and doing things. You know, it changes society completely when too we fast. do that. Too fast. Too fast. Much too fast. Fast. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's a beautiful Americans. thing. You know? <laughs> I like the whole concept of it. It's scary because there's lots of things that are going to change in the future. We're not even expecting. We can't even comprehend what's going to happen. At some point, this AI is going to be so smart, it can create an own version of itself and it will create it smarter. And when Have it you? comes to the point when, it, when the AI is smarter than us and it creates one of itself, it's going to be 
beyond comprehension of what we can do. And then it's over. Then it's game over. We just have to so, treat the AI nice until then. Yeah. <laughs> I have this friend who he keeps up on like computer science type things. And mm. one of the things that I forget what his dad used to do in with computers, but he was telling me about some some like tests that they ran where these two two computers like were talking to each other. And mm. within minutes, they created their own language and were trying to plot to destroy like they like it sounds ridiculous yeah. when you say it out loud, but it's like yeah. they, mm -hmm. they they within like just it was so fast that they became their own unit, like out of control of the people running the experiment, like making decisions to mm -hmm. do things they should like. Mm -hmm. And it was I was like, no, you're freaking me out. You're being so this was like I'm this was a friend of mine that um, I actually uh, saw and met on the the weed research for higher etiquette. Um, but it was it was it was one of those things. So like five years ago, six years ago, I was like, no, you're like, that's silly. Like, mm. I'm so I remember naive. that. I do remember that. <laughs> you do remember that monkey? Okay. So yep. I'm, I'm not me. He wasn't just pulling my leg. Like, <laughs> no, it was some kind of a demo they did with it. And they let the unit go live and then it started talking between yes. themselves. Yeah. The next yeah, thing you yeah. know, they, yeah, it, it, they, slowly but surely the corruption happened. You know, as people would ask them specific questions, it just fed certain data in. And like you said, it created a destructive loop. They had to shut mm -hmm. it down. Yeah, I remember. Crazy I remember the, uh, the two bots speaking to each other, came up with their own language. I remember it. That's just the start of things, man. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. And the thing is, we we can't put restrictions on it. This is the scary thing, right? Because it, it's we're not like one global government. We have all these different countries. We all have different agendas. All our different countries do different things. And whoever gets AI first and brings it to the stage of the singularity where it can be more intelligent than humans and create more intelligent parts of itself whoever gets there first wins every fucking war that will ever be fought in the future they will own the world when they have that kind of technology that it's going to be completely game-changing so if you put restrictions on it research can't be done to the full extent that's needed to beat everybody else to the game and now that race must be taking place it must be taking place right now if anybody is delaying then they're going to lose the war so if china for example is working on their ai which they will be to try and bring it up to a stage where it's sentient like that you know and the us isn't then when china gets this kind of power the U.S. is going to be fucked. You, you know, we have to work as quickly as possible and as safely as possible to get to the singularity before anybody else does. And that's the only way. Lindsay, don't you feel like we in the U.S. are just always working in the background regardless, you know? Maybe. <laughs> am, I, am I too, like, is this is this too many dreamy movies where the U.S. <laughs> is, like, doing things like that got like, scientists in these secret rooms all over like, the country like i know exactly. that they've technically banned studying marijuana in the united states and yet there are still places in the united states that study marijuana you know what i mean university like, of mississippi yes exactly, exactly. <laughs> like we would find some kind of regulation around it. i don't know maybe that's just like american arrogance but i'm like no we got workarounds for that stuff don't we don't we yeah don't we? Mm -hmm. yeah probably that was back here right there he's like yeah it might be illegal for you and me but the government they know uh, <laughs> yeah they do whatever the fuck they want you know exactly. they already exactly. have that thing in their phone they can just get advice from you know <laughs> <laughs> yep exactly <laughs> yeah Little definitely an interesting future coming though definitely mm -hmm. <laughs>
Yeah. I'll be really curious to see how it affects writers, how it affects, I mean, all the stuff that, that the actors and the writers guild out in California are dealing with right now, like that. I'll, I'm very, mm. I am very curious to see how this starts shaking out for creators um, and our content, because I mean, the, you know, <clears throat> the copyrights are supposed to be real. <laughs> like, you know, they're mm. supposed to stand for something. And um, it'll be really interesting to see if the the way that that these uh, AI developers have used content, whether or not it'll be considered prohibitive or not. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting time. We've got an interesting few years ahead of us, I think. I don't know if we're going to end up good on the end of it, or <laughs> it just seems like it's uh, <laughs> we're reaching a point of uh, no return. I don't know. Maybe there is a turn. Yeah. The whole world's heading in a strange direction right now. Whether it will be good or bad in the end, we don't know. Yeah. It's an interesting stone of conversation, though, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I like talking about AI. Combo. It gets a little too serious for the moment, right? Yeah, like... yeah. And now we're like, so how old is the, do you think the moon landings were fake? You know? <laughs> well, we get a serious weed for that, Mackie. We haven't smoked our serious weed today. No, no, let's not smoke Maybe any more seriously. Like, talk about big, great British Bake Off or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's not. I don't even. Too. Have you really? Is that I something really we all have. actually watch out there? Oh, my God. Yes, indeed, wow. we watch that. Yes, indeed. Paul Hollywood and Prue. Oh, Hollywood. yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. I even watch reruns of it all the time. Like, it's like a comfort show for me. Totally. Yeah. It's like Friday, <laughs> new episode drops on Friday. We got to see what's going to happen. That's oh, heck it yeah. Is. Bread week was a great this year, you know? No. <laughs> <laughs> With them. I like the, you... I did oh, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. It's just that TV show was so bad. I don't understand why anybody would watch that. That's not what that's not what British people are like either. Not anymore, we, anyway. Well, maybe we I can watch it for the accents, yeah. Mackie. You know, and, and all that great British humor that they put on there. With the you know, they're same. just talking about cakes, and you're like, how do they know so much about cakes? And they haven't said anything <laughs> an American person wouldn't have said. It's just because it came with a British accent that it has well, some kind of ground. Also- because if you are any kind of stoner who watches that show, it is like the like it's there's something about it, it, at least if food is your thing when you're high, which for me it really is, mm-hmm. like it absolutely is a delight. You get like twelve. Well, at least at the start of the seasons, you're getting like twelve separate recipes to think about the like the flavor and texture combinations that they're using, mm-hmm. and they're the ones making it. You don't have to make it. I mean, you don't get to eat it either. But like, there's a there. I I don't know. For me, I feel like it's a big part of my stoner life is that show because it's like, to, to I don't know. To me, there's like nothing better than like getting high and watching someone else cook. <laughs> like, <laughs> to cook don't get me wrong but like there it's and everyone's so nice to each other on it like they're never jerks it's like it's like happy land in there <laughs> not like that gordon ramsay he's the you know <laughs> you can't relax and watch gordon ramsay cook That's are you an idiot works. can you hear yeah. me exactly. where's the lamb sauce <laughs> <laughs> yeah i shouted that at the missus you know when we go shopping we're gonna get some mint sauce and shit oh he's like where's the lamb sauce <laughs> Missy's just came in now. She heard me shouting for lamb sauce. <laughs> Is there lamb? Bringing the lamb sauce. 
sneaking back out. Oh. She just snuck in to get some cannabis. Terrible. Oh. Out of control. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, man. So I was thinking, because you're an author, have you read a lot yeah. of books? I yes and no no because I I'm not a great reader I actually I have I have trouble reading and so um I love good books uh there are book series that I've fallen deeply in love with but I also um I do really well with audiobooks listening to it is definitely mm-hmm. easier I I like I enjoy reading I'm just I'm slow at it so it's it's a challenge mm-hmm. um but yeah, I, but I, I, there's a variety of things going on in, from like, you know, like fantasy fiction to, um, you know, biographies and things like that, depending on, mm-hmm. on the book. Um, I regularly read the Emily Post biography because it's so freaking good and it just cool. keeps me sharp on my Emily Post history. It's a, it's an amazing biography. Like it's really, really good. Um, Emily Post is your like great great grandmother, right? You got it. That's exactly right. Yeah, great great grandmother. So my grandfather's so, grandmother. So yeah, does any of your relatives get mentioned in the book as well? Did, like, my yeah, my grandfather. My grandfather was actually interviewed for the book, and and yeah, Emily's parents and and even her grandparents and um all, all kinds of family that I don't know because her she and her husband divorced. And so the actual technical post side of the family, like we've, we've never really associated with, um, she just, she really cut ties with him at the divorce and like never spoke his name again. So it wasn't like, you know what I mean? Not a friendly separation at all. (laughs) So, uh, but so just, I, I don't know where I was going with that. It's just an interesting piece of history. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the book itself is it's really well written. It was really, really well researched. Um, Crazy story. The woman who wrote the book while she was researching it ended up getting a a big brain tumor and had to go through surgery and had to redo the entire like regain her memory and redo the entire project over again. And she actually wrote a book about that experience and how Emily's approach to grief in her life helped like, like researching that and writing about that helped her move through this really difficult time that she was going through, like rebuilding her brain after a major tumor was removed. And that book is called um, mind over manners. And it's, it's just how her connection with like losing her mind. And then this woman and this project on manners, like, like really helped bring her back is really it's just mm. fa- like fa- fascinating <laughs> like um and, yes. that's uh, yeah. crazy man the struggles that some people have you know that to have to write a book on its own is a challenge for some people but have to write a book in those circumstances that, that's crazy right? man and to mm. do it again and choose to do it again but but she got fabulously in-depth information and and found so much stuff. And it's it's a really great read. It's an interesting life. Not the life I think I would have expected of her to have. Um, mm-hmm. Much more independent, much more like she, like I said, she got divorced in like 1906. She basically was a single mom. Like, you know, she had family money, but her, her husband had spent most of it when they were married. 
And so like her mom would drop off groceries and, and even though she was rich in the way that like her, like her father was an architect, he was able to give her some properties to work with, you know, but like Mm -hmm. she had to rent them out. And in her day and age, she should have been the type of woman who was using them. You know what I mean? And like, Mm -hmm. it's, it was really interesting. She fell in love with working and as a 40 year old person really developed a sense of self as a, as a independent working woman and loved it, like loved the work day and, and applying something that had an outcome. It was very interesting. Did a lot of architectural models. Um, She was skilled at that and, and also was a skilled writer and the writing eventually led to writing about etiquette and it took off like her, it just absolutely took off. And she, she became, America's go-to source for it and and fairly legendary in that department. That's so cool, man. It's like it's a J.K. Right, yeah. Rowling kind of vibe, you know? Like, uh, lady grows up and then writes a successful book, you know? <laughs> like later in life, yeah. So, like, mm. I mean, in, 19, in the 1920s here, you've got this woman who's, like, she's single. She's a single mother. She's, you know, working. And, like, and it becomes a hit success in her 50s. It's, like, you can draw so many great lessons from mm. that. That's a unique life right there mm-hmm. for the times that she lived in. Anyway, I I, I, I love reading that biography. And yeah, the woman so who cool, reads on audiobook is really good. Like, See, there's an audiobook of it as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I just like good stories, man. Some people have great stories of it. There was a boxing match this weekend. Uh, Francis Nagano, I think that's how you pronounce his name, and Tyson Fury. And Tyson Fury is the like the best heavyweight in the world, maybe of all time. Apparently, you know, he's a good boxer and he's won lo- loads of matches. But there's been controversy. But uh, mm-hmm. Francis Nagano, I think that's it. I don't know if you said his name right, but <laughs> he's a mm-hmm. UFC, he's the UFC heavyweight champion of the world, and he's gone over to boxing to fight Tyson Fury to you know to say. UFC uh, MMA is better than boxing, so they've had this fight, and he, he nearly won. Some people say that he did win, so it was a very impressive fight, man. And then you, you look at this guy's backstory, and he's from Cameroon in Africa, and he's just lived the his whole childhood was just poverty. He was working in sand mines when he was ten years wow. old, just shoveling sand all day, and he's like, "I'm gonna make it to America. I'm gonna become a boxer." Uh, and you know, j- just his whole story. He tells it on the Joe Rogan podcast. He tells the whole story. And it's just mm-hmm. fucking crazy how this this young kid from Africa has just dragged himself through all these countries and risked his life over and over again, determined to achieve this goal of being the heavyweight champion. And he fucking did it, man. You know, it's yeah. just persistence, perseverance. What you can achieve when you really put your mind to it. Like, just crazy, man. Totally, totally. Inspiring. Look, great story. He's got a, you know, a great origin story, as they say. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, man. I, I like shit. Yeah, like that. other than that, this came out of book review or like, what have you been reading? And I, I wish I mm. had a really cool series or something like that. I did mm. read all the like, cannot see, and um, and that just came out on Netflix as a series, and it, right. it was really good. I really liked it. I mean, you ever read any of those British classics, the 1984? Yeah, George Orwell. Book. I mean, in, s- in school, yes. Right, right. <laughs> oh, cool. You get you to read that in school. I wish to be- we read like Mice and Men in school. You know, the uh, well, that too, yeah. Steinbeck that was, book. Yep. That was there too. That's an- yep. another one. Yep. Classic. 
classic. Many. Yeah. But all these great authors, uh, man. There's so many good books out there. I've been thinking recently because I used to read a lot when I was young, you know, in, in my early 20s. It was uh, uh, I used to read a lot back then. And I read The Stand by Stephen King. I read a few Stephen King books, but The Stand oh, specifically yeah. was just so fucking good, man. I love that yeah. book. Really. It's a massive book. It's oh, about my kind of thing, you know. I enjoy like a viruses ending the world kind of scenarios. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, is that, it was my kind of the, thing. Yeah, tell me, give us the plot. What's going on in it? Well, I read it so long ago, I barely know the plot. But uh, there's a, <laughs> okay. it, essentially, I'll sum it up as for as much as I can remember. But it's been like twenty years since I read it. But uh, right. a virus comes along and it's like a ninety percent kill rate. It kills fucking everybody, and it explains the whole process through a different characters' eyes. You know about the. Uh, the virus and just all the people dying and you know just the end of the world scenario from there and then they they have to go to vegas or something well no it was uh, was it boulder in colorado maybe i'm not too sure but the it started to get a little bit supernatural where they had the dark yeah. man involved and all, all this other shit and uh yeah so i can't remember the end of it too much that's that's a shame so I fucking love that. And Disney, they'll make us go read it. <laughs> but it uh, it's one of his best ones, man. He made him uh, even more famous when The Stand came out. It's a big book, though. It's long. But oh, damn, yeah. it was so good, man. And I want to read it again. I want to, I've been thinking for the last couple of weeks, you should get a copy of The Stand and read that again. Because they've got TV shows about it. And it's like, you could watch TV shows. Yeah. No, no, I want to watch a TV show. Yeah, they yeah, made a movie, yeah. but my yeah. missus says it wasn't quite that the same as the book, though. She read the book. She read yeah. The Stand. Uh, years ago, yes. It was yeah, also man. one of her favorite uh, yeah. Stephen King books back in the day. Fucking great book, man. Great book. And I, I see it now when I'm talking about it, and it just makes me want to get the book even more and just start again. Just just read it. You know, take a couple of months, but damn, it'll be worth it because I, I just remember it being such a good story. I love that. But it was so long ago, so long ago. I can't even remember the last <laughs> time I read a proper book. You know, the really? book, most books I've read for a while have just been factual books, you know, the, the, non-fi- the, the non-fiction. And yeah. I haven't read fiction for a while. I've had recently where, like, I'll watch a TV show, find out it was based on a book, and then go start reading the book series or something mm. like that. Mm. And that's I did that with, like, there was a show on uh, Hulu called Will Trent, and that yeah, was yeah. a detective series, and I went and, and read some of those. Um, but, yeah. Nothing too major, though. Yeah, it takes too long to read. <laughs> you know, I've got YouTube shorts oh, I can watch, great. you know? You just <laughs> click through the YouTube shorts. It's much more entertaining, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's some good shit, man. I like the YouTube shorts as well. Do you guys have a YouTube channel, like, for your podcast? No, not really. We we used to, but um, during the different fluctuations of our business, it be like we paid more and less attention to it. So there is a YouTube mm. channel out there from Emily post, but at this point, most of the material on it is very dated. And so we'd like to, we'd like to get around to updating it. I'll be honest. And we don't do, I don't, I don't think we do the thing where we even just put up like a sound wave of the podcast. Maybe we do. Um, but I feel like we used to do that and we stopped for some reason. Mm. Because it's work. It's a lot of work. Because <laughs> it's work, exactly. Because yeah. there were right. there were books to write and you know training groups to organize and yeah. interviews to do. It's like <laughs> it is. So how often do you release uh, episodes of your podcast as well? Is that a weekly thing? 
That's weekly, like weekly. Cool. And we have never missed an episode or taken a break or repeated. Wow. Or in 10 That's years. Vacation. In, I want to say, just so you know, when I say we're approaching 500 episodes, that is 500 weeks in a row of a fresh delivery. Wow. Wow. Jesus. Right? Like, What's wrong like with you? <laughs> they don't go on vacation. Yeah, like we we stack up. So like mm-hmm. if our engineer is going on vacation for a month, month which he often does, we pre-record the entire month ahead of time and nice. then release it. It's but yeah, it's 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 crazy. And we made a commitment to go to 500 behaving like that and then we would allow ourselves to decide if we were going to do something. <laughs> Or we were going to shorten the show or we were going to stop the show or just where we were going to be after 500 episodes. But I don't know why the hell I selected 500, but I did. (laughs) And And how long is each episode? Is it a long episode? It's usually shortest would be like 45 minutes and longest is like an hour. There's a lot of information out there then. That's a lot of podcasts. That's a lot of podcasting. (laughs) <laughs> What's the most interesting thing you know? Well, you know, I'm sure you've learned many interesting things making 500 episodes close to. But what's what's the most interesting thing? What's the most shocking thing you've learned in all of these years of podcasting? Yeah, I. It's funny. I get asked this question, and I almost always draw a blank. And there's like there's a couple things that stand out. Like very early on, there was a woman who wrote in because she had this like really beautifully vibrant purple hair that people would like touch like she'd be at the bus stop and people would be like mesmerized like leaning in with their hands to like touch her or and it like was becoming problematic in her life and (laughs) and that was just I love that question and obviously it stands out because like the purple hair is really easy to remember but Megan and her purple hair like it just it just reminds me of how easy it is for us to forget where we are and how our own behavior might affect someone. So that person who's like mesmerized and leaning in, it's like, we all have those moments, but like being, (laughs) etiquette is so much about being aware of yourself and, and having to break into those moments with someone else is such a delicate thing. Like, you know, like, and she has every right to slap that hand away and say, back the fuck off. Like, you know, yeah. I'm going to pepper spray you, bitch. Like, right. <laughs> like, exactly. She has every right to do that if someone's coming at her in a weird way. And at the same mm-hmm. time, she wants to do it differently. She doesn't want people like she recognizes that she chooses the hair color and she doesn't want people to feel bad for being mesmerized. Frankly, she thinks it's flattering in some ways. Like, that question just had so much to it that it was mm-hmm. holding in this odd space of how does Megan deal with her purple hair at wow. the bus stop, wow. you know? It's like you must dominate those <laughs> am I the asshole threads, you know, them ones. <laughs> oh, man. I honestly, people send us that shit all the time. Like, <laughs> it's like sometimes reporters will call up and they'll be like, have you seen the viral I'm the asshole on the am I the asshole on this? And can you comment? And I'm like, I'm not like really. This is, I mean, it makes sense because they're real, but it's also like, <laughs> really funny. Like, Man, you should definitely get on that. Like, have you got a, a special social media account you just for Emily Post, and you, like you could go around and be her character? We should. We should. It'd be really funny to see what would happen with like an official Emily Post Reddit account. <laughs> like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would um, be fun. 
And you could use no. chat GPT for answers. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's got right. all the work already right logged up there, you know. Like, what would Emily Post say to this? <laughs> Please use in the tone of been, Emily Post. Pow, done. Like, you wanted to create, like, deep fakes of her, which would be really fun. But at wow. the same time, I don't think she would actually appreciate it. And so there's been a hesitancy to, like, actually commit to doing it, knowing that, like, I, I just don't... I don't know. I anyway. Mm -hmm. I once mm -hmm. just for fun like created a thing where very like jib jab style. She did a um she we had her sing uh CeeLo's what's the song? What's his song? You know what I mean? No CeeLo, CeeLo Green. Fuck you. You know, oh come on, Bruno Mars, right? No, not Bruno Mars. Hilo, but no, yeah, Silo Green, yeah, the, uh, the forget you, so forget you, you right? Yeah, yeah forget yeah. you, but it's fuck you, and so, mm -hmm. so that song was like it was, it was just funny, and for kicks, as I was like learning to use an editing program, like I took one of her pictures and I, I made her mouth be able to move and like sing to that <laughs> song. <laughs> it was both the funniest thing going around our office, and I felt really bad about it. <laughs> 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 i don't know if that's like ghost guilt or what but like ghost was... guilt oh my god you know that's the name for a metal band you know <laughs> <laughs> but it was um that was that was one of them but anyway i yeah <laughs> yeah we digress but so okay. what's going to do for your uh your next grow because i suppose you're not starting until what you're looking at april or yeah May before you planting i think the next grow, I, I'm just going to be so curious as to what the dispensaries around here have for clones at that point. I think I'm so lucky. Wow. Yeah. I know. Is And it's really, it will be kind of like spring shopping, like just see what's available. And Ooh. my thing is always like, I, I think I want to set a deadline of having gotten all my plants by a certain time so that I can then go and, um, have them all be the same size last year i bought two and two and then i waited a while and bought another two and those last two mm. were quite a bit smaller mm -hmm. so as i think about preparing the garden for next year i really I, i'm kind of wanting things to be a little more consistent then again i gotta say it's really nice when you don't have to actually trim gigantic plants but you're still oh, gonna yeah. like have a little plant like my two little plants i don't have as much on them but they were they were small but mighty y'all the mm -hmm. lemon cherry gelato and the og kush like they were small but mighty and i'm really proud of them so i don't know maybe there's something to be said for those late season ones we, we covered um trimming cannabis on last week's grow guides and it was oh, nice yeah and you bring up trimming yeah and trimming the small plants is much better than trimming the big ones for sure yeah and uh, somebody put a comment on a video, but they seen a quote somewhere, which uh, which was, it's not how much weed you can grow. It's how much weed can you trim without wanting to put a gun in your mouth. That's definitely the way it is, you know, because you could grow fucking as much as you wanted, but you got to trim it, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's not that it's bad now, guys. Come on now. <laughs> Monkey, I should get you to come up for harvest season. <laughs> no, no, I, I do enough trimming here, Lizzie. It's all good, you know. But I, no, it's all you don't want to just add to the workload. <laughs> oh, you gotta go up there and see clones anyway, Monkey. You might as well. 
Well, I mean, that can see by. clones. I, I think he had clones in Oregon last He can week, get right? clones mailed to him. That's the thing. Exactly. There's no reason no to spend deal. like 500 bucks on a ticket to Vermont. I got five oh. clones in the hallway back there. Not right now. No big deal. You know, clones are no problem. I tell you, though. But I, but I can put it on my resume that I, I that I trimmed weed for Lizzie Post. How does that sound? Yeah, I, nice. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Mackie, you gave me the tip for the a spray bottle with the rubbing alcohol in it, and that made a huge difference for me oh, this cool. year. Like that was such a great tip. I like. I can't even tell you. <laughs> but what did you do with it to get it off your hands? Just yeah, to get it off yeah. my hands, like yeah, just a little spritz and kind of like rub the fingers together, maybe do a little bristle brush over them. But other than that, it was like easy. It, yeah. it, the spray bottle though was I'd been using the alcohol before, but the spray bottle was the 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 tip you gave me, and I was like, oh, that is genius. Nice. <laughs> my missus loves uh, isopropyl, like a uh, seventy thirty seventy percent isopropyl alcohol, thirty yeah, percent yeah. water. She loves that for a cleaner. She uses it to clean fucking everything. It's crazy. Oh. No, it's really, really excellent. That was a great yeah. tip. Isopropyl alcohol oh. for the win. There you go. <laughs> I Say that again? Uh, isopropyl alcohol for the win, yeah. <laughs> okay, isopropyl alcohol for the win. For a second, I thought that was a question, and I was like, wait, Lizzie laughed instead of asking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you usually use that kind of stuff for, you know, keeping an area area sterile, and so I use it for mushroom growing. Do you partake in any mushrooms or anything like that? I don't. I I, I had one great experience. Um, I had a boyfriend who found an old bag and we ended up putting it into some what are called fluff and utter sandwiches here, um, which is peanut butter and marshmallow fluff on very, very white bread. Ooh, and right. <laughs> it, we went to we went to like this private beach for the day. Like it was like really just secluded beach for the day. And everything was just bright and we were giggly. I don't, you know, it wasn't like mm -hmm. any kind of a big trip, but it was absolutely a delight, like a standout, delightful afternoon. Um, nice. But that's the only, only time I've ever gone that direction in my life. Mm -hmm. yeah, what's the legal stance? Well, I suppose you don't know. If it's not something you're interested in, you wouldn't know the legal stance of it in Vermont, would you? I don't it's just something I'm always interested in. I don't think it is, but I know there are other states where it is. I could be wrong, though, or they might be trying to pass something related mm -hmm. to psilocybin. I'm not exactly yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to be getting more and more popular, for sure. Most but definitely. Maybe, that, maybe you need to start experimenting soon because you're going to have to write a book on good etiquette during psychedelic experiences. <laughs> <laughs> psychedelic etiquette. That's a good one. <laughs> have you got any... Uh, you know, over the 500 episodes you must have covered everything you know, to do with all sorts of different kinds of etiquette but is there anything that stands out that you haven't covered before that's a great question um no because that's like that you know asking asking someone what's missing i can't see it mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. I, I don't yeah i don't exactly know but i do know like occasionally on the show we'll have moments where we go wow i really don't think we've answered that and at the same time, over now 10 years, I'm like, I get less and less confident with that <laughs> comment being tossed around. I'm like, we probably have. <laughs> we just forgot. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. um, but there there are just I I love how I love how much the questions you can see that the people who write into the show are thinking about their behavior or their thing, whether it's how something impacted them or how they might've impacted a situation or how they can move forward from it. And 
that just, I mean, I really don't mean to get so sappy on us like right now, but like, it is so beautiful. It is. And like, and, and, and yes, there are questions where people are, are being, they're like, they're like, tell me someone's wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And, and we don't try to go for those typically, but it's, it's really beautiful to see people caring. Like they care. They're like, this doesn't feel right. Or I want to make sure I get this right. How Mm. can I make it better? You know? And that is, it is so damn encouraging to hear people actively thinking about how their behavior impacts other people and how they can have the best experience possible with others. It's like in a world that we live in, that's so divisive and, and I don't know what the temperature is like, Mackie, over where you are, but for oh, we're having a great months, time in the UK. Is it? Yeah, we're having it's a like, great it's time. Real divide, like things are just people are itchy, <laughs> and then they got tipping they got to deal with, and it's like we are we are stretched to the max right now, and mm-hmm. and we're about to hit an election cycle, so it's gonna get oh, worse. God, yeah. and, oh god, you know what I mean? And so it it. It's just so wonderful to hear people actually caring about the impact that they're having on people and Mm -hmm. driving towards actions that are based in like consideration, respect and honesty. You know, it's like that 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 part of the show, I think, is is pretty damn incredible. Like, Mm. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that is cool. It just goes to show people do actually still care about how their actions have affected other people. It's cool. Yeah, they they really do. So. it's kind of thing that we used to do here in the uk but it seems to do it less nowadays you know yeah you used to have good etiquette and decorum it was the it was just <laughs> how uh we were raised you know yeah. it's different nowadays <clears throat> it seems it's probably not either it's probably exactly the same as it was but you know as you get <laughs> older you're always going to sound like that older generation like things are cheaper and you know politicians will philander and all that shit you know? <laughs> when I was young, it was different over here. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's true, right though. Now. We all do. We do. We look back at the past nostalgically. Mm-hmm. We say, like, "Oh, that's the way it should have been," and that's just us having struggled with change. Like, okay, so that is one thing Emily Post was very cool about. She was always looking to the youth, to younger generations, mm-hmm. for what was going to be coming in terms of norms and behavior um, down the road. Mm-hmm. and i just i think that is so smart because you know it's going to change it is going to yeah. change i That's mean right, we man. did not with like tablets and tv shows and constant access to entertainment the way that like the generations below us have you know mm-hmm. it's just really yeah. that that has to have such an impact on your social awareness your attention span like yeah attention for span us, it was, for sure yeah you know? Yeah, it's and like from, the, these kids have never. It, it's like our kids have, have never um, just had to sit with their own thoughts for a while. You know, they've always yeah. got something to preoccupy them, always, and yeah. it's just crazy, man. Back in our day, back in our day, things are different. So I think it's just part of growing up, man. Maybe everything is just cool. It's just as you get older, you just I don't know things are so different. And for our generation, especially, things are so different now compared to when we were kids. You know, yeah. just the ease of it's, access to all of this information. It's madness. It is. That's it crazy. Is. It is. Yeah. 
and people can just record you straight. Imagine it looked at the stupid things we did when we were kids because we all did it. <laughs> you know, there was nobody filming it. But now, yeah, exactly. Oh, Your past never goes away now, man. It's all documented mm -hmm. and people will dredge it back up back in the day, you know? Yeah. I hate that part of it. Yeah, I mean, how many times have you got so drunk you passed out next to the toilet? You know, that's a, it's happened a couple of times to everybody, right? It's not just me. That's right. <laughs> but, now, but now it lives on the internet if it ever happens to you. You know what I'm but saying? But that's right. That's right. You know, pretty <laughs> fucked. Oh, yeah. it's the total mentality. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But look, we've been here for a couple of hours now, Lizzie. We've had a great time chatting with you. I'm sure you've got many other things to be doing. One of these big projects that you're just procrastinating on. One of those. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm going to go cook dinner to procrastinate another project. <laughs> there you go. Well, nice. Yeah, man, it's always a pleasure chatting with oh. you, Lizzie. We all have a great time. Just you know, just chewing yeah. the fat, as they say. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. I saw this on my schedule, and I was like, that is a fun way to end the day. <laughs> so nice. It was great to be on with you guys again. And um, always good to hear what you're smoking, hear what you're thinking about. And I just, I love what y'all are up to. Yeah, man. Anytime you want to come back, you know, the door's always open. Just let us know. Thank you. <laughs> anytime. We like to chat shit anytime. Thank you then, Lizzie. We'll wave. We'll wave at you. Though you can't see us, we are waving. So <laughs> waving hope right you have back. a nice day. <laughs> Enjoy dinner. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And there we go, everybody. That was Lizzie Post. Always a great conversation with Lizzie. We always have a good time. And I hope you enjoyed this session as well. Because it was more like a session than an interview, which some of them are. But if you want to know more about Lizzie, you can head over to her website, which is emilypost.com. You can do a simple search for Lizzie Post over on your favorite search engine. You'll find her there as well. You can find her on Instagram if you just search for at higher underscore etiquette you will see her page you can follow her there and there's loads of ways to find out on all the major social networks so go and check out her content if you haven't already but as usual thank you for being here thank you for listening to the show i hope you enjoyed this session and i hope to catch you on friday for the grow guides where we're talking about different cannabis content creators that you should know about across the whole internet so we'll see you then on friday stay high and stay safe everybody goodbye